Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Giselle Tarava, who is the co-owner of Maitri Center for Love and Compassion. Giselle, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Of course. Thanks for coming on. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start yeah. with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm a mom of two beautiful children. Uh, As you said, I'm co-owner of our center. And uh, what I like to do for fun is actually play games with my kids. Um, We play Euchre. I just learned how to play Euchre. I'm terrible at it. I'm the only one that's bad at it. My kids are good. Um, And yeah, I like to play games with my kids. And my daughter was off this week uh, because there was some catch up thing in her high school. And so we spent time together, which was really awesome. So awesome. Gotta love spending time with the family and the kids. I feel like, you know, you always have those goals, doing what you love, but also having the freedom to spend time with those you love. So I love that that's a good activity for you. Well, tell us a little bit more about Maitri Center for Love and Compassion and what that entails, what you do, what the day-to-day looks like, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, To be honest, I never thought I would be doing this work. Um, uh, Growing up, we had a lot of adversity in our family. And so it was my dream since I was 15 to work in child welfare, you know, to save the children and save the families. Um, And and really, when I got into child welfare, I realized how... um, we weren't really helping the families in, 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 a, number, in a number of ways um, and that there was a lot of suffering in the families and suffering the children and even suffering in the people that were doing the work. Um, it was so hard because it kind of goes against your values to, for, to actually create suffering in someone else. Um, and so I got to the point where I actually got burnt out in my own suffering because my own childhood issues sort of started to like it, I hit a wall. I hit a wall with my anxiety and my panic attacks, as well as my burnout from work. Um, And I was a long-term meditator and did mindfulness, um, but I sort of stumbled on compassion and in self-compassion in particular and thought, well, here's my solution to these systems problem. But what ended up happening was I found a solution for myself. Uh, I embarked on a journey thinking I was going to help other people, but I actually started with me. Um, And what I found was really peace of mind, uh, calmness, uh, kindness for myself, love for myself, everything I was looking for externally, I was able to give to myself. Um, And I actually started to see that there was greater harmony in my relationships. Um, There was like better outcomes in my life. And so I thought, okay, I'm miserable at work. (laughs) I would love to do this for a living. Um, I'd love to bring this to organizations and help people um, get back on track in terms of like not suffer anymore, right? We don't, a lot of the times we make ourselves suffer. Um, And so, and I was doing that to myself. And so if I can just remind people that they are truly loving and compassionate and help them unlearn all the stuff that they learn that prevents them from being their authentic self, then kind of what a great life it would be. So um, yeah, that's how I ended up doing this. 
Uh, so what we do is we actually work with kind of two streams. Uh, we like to separate it just because it makes sense more in, in your head, but we work with individuals one-on-one -on -one to help them address their issues of mental health, anxiety, depression, uh, issues with relationships through self-love and self-compassion. We do one-on-one -on -one work coaching uh, or we'll do workshops because sometimes when people come together, they form community and they, they kind of see that they're not alone. They help each other. They talk to each other through the journey. And so and we're there helping them kind of navigate that. Uh, we also work with businesses to help increase the amount of compassion in the workplace. Uh, some places really have kind of taken the human out of human services, right? Like had, kind of had these dehumanizing approaches um, because of the fear. Um, and so we come in to help organizations, you know, uh, learn about compassion and start to give compassion to themselves so that they can lean in and do the hard work, which is it may be, uh, for example, talking about issues of race and equity, um, where people really lead, lead to lean into their shame and their, you know, like if you're talking about privilege, people really kind of, they tend to disengage when they start to feel overwhelmed, but compassion helps them sit with their shame, hold space for themselves and lean in. Same with bullying and harassment issues and some other workplace issues. So we do that. Um, and the last thing we do is we have a podcast called the Love and Compassion Podcast, where we talk to people about all things related to love and compassion. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> just made my day. That's why I love having these podcasts. There's always just so much positivity. <laughs> awesome. So love and compassion is your thing. You went on the journey for yourself and now you help um people, not just like um, normal people, but you go to corporations too, and just kind of yeah. the whole nine yards with self-love, self-compassion to kind of improve every area of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if I, if I may share, it was really only as I went on my own journey that I was, re that I realized that I was really giving away my power to other people uh, because uh, how I felt about myself for me, was influenced by how people felt about me or how they treated me. But once I found this kind of well of love and compassion for myself, like you truly find your power. You truly realize that no matter what happens out there, once you find that, that um, reservoir, you are always able to fill out your own bucket. You can give to others from your reserves, not from, from, from your overflow, not from your reserves. So you don't feel tapped. And so I found kind of this power, which I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be that way. And so I, it put less pressure on my partner to have to be all of these things for me because I could be them for myself, um, which was kind of a neat thing. I remember waking up one day, the, the day that I kind of realized that not, not that this is not a journey that you continue and do, like you have to make a choice every day to be compassionate and loving it to yourself. But I remember I woke up from in bed one day and I thought to myself, I'm worth it lovable I'm really really lovable right and I was like where did that come from like what's that because for years I tackled with such negative thinking I was such a negative thinker I didn't think I was worth it, anything I didn't think I was worthy of love um I didn't think I was worthy of success so yeah all righty well you, you got to tell us now like <laughs> us who are lacking in self-compassion who kind of have that programming have that constant negativity in our own heads and we're constantly battling ourselves yeah. what do we do to start being more compassionate towards ourselves well that's a great question yeah that's a great question um, it really starts with awareness 
and be really aware of how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself. I didn't really realize that I was making myself suffer. Um, what was happening was I was talking to my girlfriend and I was always acting like the victim. Like I was really the victim in my own story. I was like, so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing this. So I was sitting across from a girlfriend of mine and I was talking about one boyfriend that I had and I was worried he was going to leave me because he was talking about someone else and so on. And my girlfriend was eating and she puts the fork down and she looks at me and she goes, why are you doing this to yourself? And then she goes back to eating. And I thought, I'm doing this to myself. And then I really reflected how all my negative thinking, all those thoughts that I had were really just thoughts in my head. They were just beliefs and I didn't have to believe them. And so really becoming aware of how we treat ourselves. What are we really saying to ourselves? How do we treat ourselves when we make mistakes? How do we treat ourselves when, you know, when, when bad things happen and just start to kind of shift it a little bit. Um, I find that meditation really helps me in particular. So doing acts of kindness for yourself, meditation helps me quiet the, the, the mind. And, and a lot of people think is, oh my God, meditation is so tough. It's hard to do. You don't have to stop thinking. It's not about stopping thinking. In the beginning for me, meditation was so challenging, but I would stick with it. I would just do five minutes or then 10 minutes. And then what would happen was I became less and less invested in my thoughts. So before any thought that was negative, I'd go deep into it. I was fully into the emotion of like, oh, I got to investigate this thought. And what does it mean? With meditation, where it started was really just I started noticing the thoughts like clouds in the sky. You don't give it too much weight. They're like, oh, there goes that thought. Like Louise Hay says, oh, there, go, there, there goes anger. Oh, there goes, you know, like me hating myself. Okay. But what happened now, you know, having meditated for a while is that the space between thought increases. So you have a thought and then there's like silence. And then there's another thought. And then there's, so the space between thoughts gets wider. And that's when you can have greater control over your thoughts. That's when you can say, okay, you can stop it kind of as soon as it starts to come. Or you can choose something else. And so it's, it starts with that. On our uh, website, we also have like different ideas on different practices you can do, or you can Google different practices on self-compassion you can do. There's something called the self-compassion break, which is really you just putting your hand on your heart. And if you're having a challenging day, you just go, wow, this is hard. Um, you know, I'm not alone in this. A lot of people are facing this. And then you just repeat to yourself may I be kind to myself? May I be more loving to myself? May I, you know, like, may I live with health and, and with wealth? And so you start giving yourself that which you need in the moment. Um, and yeah, so even a small practice like that, it starts to get you into the habit of figuring out what is it that you need and giving it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It starts with awareness. Um, what would you say to the people who are scared to be aware of what's actually going on with them. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, it's so funny because this pandemic, while on the one hand has had a lot of negative impacts, on the other hand, it kind of sent us to our homes, right? And sometimes we've had to be kind of alone with ourselves and our thoughts. And we spend so much time running away from ourselves that in the end, you have to face it. Now, one of the things, the great things about compassion is the ability to titrate, which is you can go as deep or as surface as you want. So if you wanted to address a challenging thought, you don't start with the most challenging, which is I hate myself. 
you might start with something really small and start giving yourself little tiny micro moments of love and compassion. And then once you start to feel more comfortable, start to expand on some of the more negative thoughts. Um, so that way kind of helps you ease into it rather than going full head in. Uh, but yeah, so many people are afraid of their own thinking. But even practices such as not necessarily focusing on the thoughts, but focusing on the feelings, right? Like, how can I, I'm feeling crappy right now. What would help me shift it even one degree, like 1%, right? So um, what would help me shift it? Maybe if, I, if I'm thinking, I hate my body, it's so gross and ugly, um, I think, is there anything in my body that I like? For example, am I like my hair? And so maybe shifting it a little bit and finding something that you can be grateful for. There we go. There we go. I love it. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah, my motivation um, really is in helping people. Um, but but to helping people from the sense of not like I'm the expert, you help you, more in helping them remember that they're the source of their um, everything that there's their source of their health. They're the source of their wealth. They're their source of their, and, and that their true core is loving and compassionate. So helping them tap into that power that I was able to tap into, um, because that's what we all deserve. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all lived lives that were abundant and joyful and happy. And if we were all like living our best lives, we wouldn't have the world. I don't think that we have now, which is, you know, like, so scared and so, so hurtful at times it feels. Um, and so, yeah, that the, the thought of that makes me excited. The thought of creating a world where we can all flourish. Um, it's, it's a great dream. There we go. I guess that's a great segue into your dreams and goals. So one is creating a world where we can all flourish. Is there any others that you would like to talk about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I dream of building a large, very large community where we can talk about compassion. We can talk about the challenges of compassion. We can talk about loving ourselves and some of the challenges and help each other come together and, uh, and talk about all things like love and compassion, I guess. Um, and even the challenging conversations. Um, so this one guy that I want to get on my podcast is uh, Daryl Davis. I don't know if you heard um, about him. Is He's this guy who is a Black musician and sat across from KKK uh, members and basically said, why do you hate me? He, his intent wasn't to, to punish them or to get them to change. He just said, I want to understand what it is about me in particular that would make you want to hate me. And through those interactions he managed to get 300 of them to leave the KKK. Mm. And so, and he didn't do it with the, the, the desire to change. He did it with the desire to just understand and understanding is a stepping stone to compassion. So how is it that we can actually lean into one another when we are hurtful to one another and really lean into each other's pains and hold space for ourselves and other people? So my, the community that I envision is really us coming all together and having these conversations about, you know, challenging compassion and the things that uh, cause us the barriers. Um, yeah. And then just kind of all working together to create, I guess, a better world for all of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Create a world where we, we can all flourish and build a very large mm -hmm. community focused on compassion. Well, I think you should try to partner with either Mel Robbins 
or Gary V. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if they give me the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would. They're both really big on compassion. Gary V in a in a strange way. Like when you think compassion, you don't you think Gary V, but then you don't think Gary V because of he's so like he's compassionate, but he's really like kind of yeah. bite your head he's off. He's the head. business guy, right? Yep. Um, the one who talks about yeah, he talks a lot about empathy and kindness at work. Yes. Right. He does. He does talk a lot about that. Um, he talks about kindness where kindness and, and compassion differ is that, you know, kindness is an important component of compassion, right? Giving ourselves self kindness. Uh, but compassion is also about seeing the common humanity. Like, for example, only when I see my darkness and understand it and love it, can I see your darkness and still love you. Right. And so, and that's Pema Chodron, it's not me. <laughs> so it's, it's, so it's, it's going to that deeper place of, of like that, the suffering and leaning in. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. But if you know any of them, shoot, shoot them my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mel Robbins. I also, when you were talking about put your hand on your heart, like the high five habit, I just think, yeah. I don't know. I know you think yeah. they wouldn't give you the time of day, but they're people too. And <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's very, very true. Yeah. I think, uh, if you ever get serious about contacting either of them, um, there's this book called Giftology, which you should, oh, you should I read that definitely. book yeah, okay. before you try to contact down. them. Cause this oh, guy, okay. John Rowland, he's the author of the book got to like Tony Robbins, through this oh, method. Okay. like made him and his family, like in tears because of the gift he gave them. And then he started doing business with them because, uh, built the relationship. Right. Wow, I will definitely check it out. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm yeah, of course. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. John Rulin's gonna have to come on my podcast one day because I've advertised his book so much for him. Yes. You <laughs> know re- how much I advertised Daryl Davis? <laughs> 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 like, that dude's coming on my podcast. Yeah. I don't know. To the yeah. ends of the world, I will follow him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, well, our next question is typically if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person that could really help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would it, who would they be and how would they do it? We know one is Daryl Davis. So yeah, for sure. How would Daryl Davis help you? And are there any others and how would they help you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Daryl Davis, definitely in terms of having the conversation, another one that I would want to have on my podcast is, uh, Valerie Carr. I don't know if you're, um, familiar with her. She talks about revolutionary love. She, she comes from the, the Sikh tradition and how is it that we can, again, very similar to Daryl Davis, lean into one another and still see each other as human beings. Um, so she's another one that I would like to have. Um, but the truth of the matter is the community is built by people. Right. And so really the people are the people that I, that would be able to help me to come together. If you're interested in compassion, come to our website, come, you know, sign up our newsletter because our community, um, I have a community of people, but I don't have the platform yet. So I'm, I'm trying to get them into the platform. And so we're going to have this platform where we can engage in all this dialogue and we can have all of these this discussions with people and people coming together to co-create this uh, community of compassion. So people all of you who are listening and anybody who's interested in compassion is is my people is my peeps <laughs> <laughs> there we go is the platform up and running right now or not yet that's what i'm working on this weekend yeah gotcha oh so like on. is it going to be like an end of 2022 into february 
Like, oh no, it won't be, it won't be long. It'll be like a few months maybe. But if people sign up to our newsletter, it'll be, cause the, what we're actually going to, I'm actually going to use a platform already done like a tribe or um, it's something like circle, right? Mm-hmm. So there's already platforms that exist. So all you have to do is just create your community and connect people there. And then that's autom- automatically already done. So it's just the setup. So it shouldn't be, take that long. I'm not building a platform from scratch. That would be. I thought you were like coding no. at 2 a.m. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no. God bless you too, because I I know no we there are already platforms that exist. It's just a matter of putting all your information and migrating the people in there. Um, so I think we're probably going to go for either tribe or circle uh, that already have established sets. Um, so yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three, and our first question is: What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick um, Frederick Dotson's um, Parallel Universes of Self. And that is a book that talks about um, manifestation. It talks about reality creation and it talks about and it kind of stretches your mind a little bit. It's sort of like Abraham Hicks meets Neville Goddard. Meets, right. And so if you're really into manifesting and reality creation, it's sort of it's I, it's it's got a thick book and it has some typos. <laughs> Um, but, but if you can get past the typos and the thickness of the book, it's really quite good. Parallel universes of self. Yeah. It's Frederick Dotson and he's, uh, he's, um, yeah, he's really into manifesting and he's almost like condensed all of the stuff that, you know, Abraham Hicks talks about Neville Goddard, like all these different, um, reality creation people. And he's put it into this big chunky, um, and grammatically incorrect book <laughs> gotcha gotcha and i mentioned that because people get stuck on the grammar and i'm like yeah i'm just i'm just taking the good stuff out of this so is it like it's really bad like every page or like no 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 it's not it's sometimes sometimes sentences and stuff and people get really stuck on it but if you can get past that like in and, and it's interesting because you know when you when you think about we have this perfectionism that you know plagues us right and disguised so, insecurity well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of this John Kabat-Zinn, like this big mindfulness guy, he does mm-hmm. all these meditations, and he's like, kind of revealed whatever. And in his meditations, he fumbles, like when he's doing his meditation, he's like, Oh, forget that. And, you know, he just kind of and people are like, Oh, my God, I can't believe he fumbled and he didn't give, give a clean recording. But he does it on purpose. He does it because he's like, we're not perfect shouldn't have to be perfect shouldn't try to be perfect sometimes typos happen sometimes you know people fumble and so if you can get past the the, the if 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 there's something meaningful for you there then take it and don't worry about all the other stuff I yeah guess yeah absolutely there we go i love it i've mm-hmm. so i'm a big napoleon hill fan yeah okay yeah and mm-hmm. he talked he talked about it in Think and Grow Rich. And then he talked about it again in the laws of success, kind of how yeah. you can like visualize things and bring it to fruition and how much your like confidence comes into play when actually mm-hmm. like and it's like, you know, the whole mindset thing were we're our biggest barrier. <laughs> and it's just like all these yeah. things. And so yeah. And it's interesting. I didn't realize how much compassion actually and love for ourselves actually influence our ability to manifest. The reason being is because I had read, I'm telling you, I've Napoleon Hill, Neville Goddard, like all of the ones. 
And, you know, they tell you about immersing yourself into the reality, acting as if it's already happened, disregarding the physical, like not disregarding, I mean, you pay your bills and stuff, but you pay them with joy because you know that the abundance is there, for example, and so on and so forth. But I didn't realize that when I wasn't manifesting some of the stuff at the time, underneath there was a belief that I couldn't have everything that I wanted. And then when I dug deeper, there was an issue of worth. I'm, I'm not worthy to have everything. And once I was able to give that kindness and compassion, I was able to shift out of it and start attracting what I wanted to create. And so there is that, that exploration that sometimes uh, things that don't manifest, there is a gift in that. And Frederick Dotson says, makes this comment, which I think is really powerful that if all of our thoughts manifested immediately, our life would be chaos. Because think about the number of negative thoughts you have during the day. So yeah. your life would be like positive, positive, chaos, you know, negative, 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 positive. It would be all over the map, right? Yeah. So the universe is smart enough to know that, okay, so, you know, this is where you're going. This is where you're vibrationally aligning. Here's a couple of messages so that you know that you're out of alignment. And what are those messages? Your feelings... And what you see out there. So how you feel about things tells you, am I in alignment with my desires or out of alignment? And then what you see out there, which is the feedback, right? Basically, you know, what you're seeing today is yesterday's thoughts. So if, you, if you're having a bad day, that was well, what you were thinking yesterday and you have time to change it, right? Yeah. And so, so if, if everybody, but everybody's so desperate to manifest immediately, but there, there's a perfection in that. There's a perfection in how things flow. And it's what you, what you do in the interim as you wait for your manifestation that really matters. And if you can get day to day, and I'm working on this myself, if you can live every day with the joy, you will find the manifestation is attracted to you in a much faster way. Because you're not waiting for it. You're not desperate for it. You're not trying to control it. You're just enjoying being alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those out there who are listening to this and might be a little bit skeptical of manifestation and all that stuff, please go read these books. Actually, I'm going to go add parallel universes of self to my reading list, but also Napoleon Hill's books are good. There are a lot of other manifestation books. I'm not as versed on the manifestation books as I am on success books um, that don't focus on that, but go check it out and also think about it. Like, yeah, you're already manifesting the stuff that you are like thinking about and feeling. And if you're dissatisfied with life and you're feeling dissatisfied and you're dissatisfied with the stuff that is happening in your life, there's a connection there. And so. Absolutely. And we, we manifest all the time. We just don't realize that we we're doing it subconsciously, right? We're not doing it consciously. I have manifested some pretty neat stuff, like in terms of like, um, but before I thought it was, now I believe that it's the divinity within us. So source acts through us. So it's, we're not separate from the divinity. Right. But before I used to think that there was like a God out there that was listening to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And in the times when I manifested was when I didn't, uh, when I didn't attach to it. Right. So when you, you just put out the intention and then just kind of not think about it. Right. A lot of times we put out the intention. We're like, I need this. I need this. I need this. And what we do is we're preventing it from coming to us because we're still waiting. So, um, and so if I can share a story, I don't know if you have time. Go for but, it. Um, um, and so when I was younger, I, I went on a trip with my girlfriend and I used up all my credit cards. I was like completely broke. 
and we went to Florida and went to visit my aunt um, and uh, two of my aunts who were living there at the time. And I was really flat out broken. My girlfriend said to me, why don't we go and take this cruise? She always had uh, way more money than I did. Um, and she, why don't we take this cruise? Because we still had five days left. And so she went into the washroom to shower and I sat on the bed and thought I was embarrassed. I didn't have any, any more money. I was flat out. I didn't have any cash. Uh, and my credit cards were all maxed out. And, uh, and so I sat on the bed and I just said, God, I need $5. Can you just hit me up for $5? Like you just, you just hit me up for the $5. And I know it seems like low, but you know, I was just like, I was that desperate. Right. And so then I forgot about it. I got a call from my aunt saying, why don't you come and I'll take you to a restaurant. And I thought, well, maybe that's the, the, that's the, right. And so we go to this restaurant, my aunt pays for the, for the lunch. And I thought that's so great. Now, my godmother showed up. She was there. And my godmother, when we were kids, she we used to call, we used to say that Tia talks to God. Like my aunt talks to God. Like she's got a direct line. I don't know what it is or how it is, but she's got a direct line. As I'm about to leave, she pulls me aside, opens up her wallet, takes out $50 and says, somebody told me you needed this. And she gave it to me. And I was literally bawling, 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 because I, first of all, it was 50 and number two, I didn't expect that that would happen. And my girlfriend's like, she has no idea what's happening. She's like, what the hell? What are you crying in the middle of a restaurant for? You're crazy. And like this, I had so many experiences when I have asked for things, right. But I released it and had trust. They came to me, but there's also been so many times when I asked for things, but I was so desperate. I needed them so much that I was preventing the manifestation from coming to me because I was so afraid it wasn't going to come. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 I love that. I'd say (laughs) something similar, actually. It's very um, funny. I will like, I'll I'll be shooting for something like the past. I graduated college in May, 2021. For those listening, it's February, 2022 right now. And Mm -hmm it's been a whirlwind of life post-grad. Like I've probably changed stuff up like three or four times. Like I was being a realtor and then I was doing multifamily and I was doing the podcast and then I was consistent with doing the podcast, but then I had a job. Now I just got a new job and now I'm like, oh, NFTs are really cool and I can tie that into my coaching business. And so there's been a lot of stuff that has been changing. But what's funny is the stuff that I was really chasing after day after day, like sometimes skipping lunch because I was stressed about getting this thing, just wasn't happening. I drop it. And like two months later, just out of the blue, something will happen based on like that thing I asked for like two months ago. Three months ago. I was like, man, <laughs> like, I know, you know so- what that's called? Vibrational escrow. So Abraham Hicks says that everything that you ask for and truly desire is on vibrational escrow for you. And it's trying to get to you as quickly as it can, as long. So your job is only to align to it. Right. But what happens is we're so desperate and trying to force things that we actually pushing it away. So it's waiting there for you when you relax. That's why people are like, as soon as I surrender, things came to me. It's so true. Atlantis even had a song about it, right? The minute I jumped off of it, there was a moment that I touched ground, which is exactly true. So the time that you actually let it go is the time when it's like, oh, okay, here, we're waiting for you to, <laughs> we're waiting yeah. for you to get an alignment. There you are. Yep. Yep. It's just so, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a funny, funny little thing, but so true. So true. Well, awesome. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? Yeah, I meditate every morning. Um, it doesn't matter if I have to get up super early or whether I start my day later. 
um, I meditate as a way to really um, give space between my thoughts and to really kind of come home to myself. It's it's interesting how the the power of silence, right? Like when oh, you yeah. really go within and you're really silent, like you start to get all of these um, these experiences of joy, these experiences of happiness and of love. Like you tap into this love. You know, somebody was telling to me that, you know, it's akin to you, a cork floating on an ocean. We're all supposed to be just corks floating, but we make it so hard. We pull ourselves down. But when you meditate, you just kind of float to the top and just like, kind of like, oh, I'm just going to chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all gonna work out. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. If there was one action step that you could take right now to either get Daryl Davis or Valerie Carr on your mm-hmm. podcast, what would it be? Oh, I would email them <laughs> as I have many times. <laughs> gotcha. I would definitely, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've contacted them, um, but uh, they get so many requests, right? It's not like they're particularly dissing me. They just, if you have like a thousand requests, how do you make yourself stand out? So I guess one thing that I could do, a strategy that I could use, uh, Tim, since you're getting at that, is really get better at, uh, targeting my messaging. So maybe the giftology might give me, uh, some insight into how to better stand out as something that would be really helpful for, right? Because I mean, Daryl Davis went on the Joe Rogan show, regardless of how you feel about Joe Rogan or whatever, he's millions of people on his show. Right. So, so when you have such big platforms, right, that's what they're looking for. But I guess my dream is really to have more intimate conversations and get really deep about, you know, compassion and love and respect and all of those things um, that get beyond kind of some of the more surface interviews, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, keep me posted on how Giftology yeah, for sure. helps you out. I will, yeah, yeah. And I'm curious to see how you scale intimate conversations as your community grows. Yeah. 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 And it and it's so true. It's so interesting that you I, I love that you said that. Um, because I think there's there's a fear, like not your fear, but it's just a fear in general that when you as you get bigger, you will have those people that are like, you know, on the fringes. Um but really, one of the things I've learned about the power of loving compassion from people like Daryl Davis and Valerie Carr are that that we shouldn't be afraid of the fringes. <laughs> like, in fact, the more that you have conversation and try to understand them, and I mean, these two individuals are not the only ones. I've had experiences with people. I know of other people that have experiences with people who have actually chosen, instead of to lean out, to lean in and say, hey, what's going on for you? Like what's happening for you that it's that, you know, like talk to me about your perspectives. What is this come of? Have you actually ever met someone who has that this, this or that? And when you start to unpack things for people and they feel seen and heard, they actually sometimes become your biggest allies. Like the people that you thought were probably the most because they feel seen and heard. And isn't that just like a fundamental human desire to be seen, to be heard, to be valued, right? And I think if we gave that, to ourselves first and then to each other, I think those fringe perspectives wouldn't, wouldn't really, wouldn't exist or wouldn't hurt us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A good question. There we go. I think we have one last question for you and I'm pretty sure I know your answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) Awesome. Well, 
you know how there are people on the planet, they have a really fixed mindset. There are people on the planet, yes. They have a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make that switch to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. Um, so before I talk about the catalyst, and let me take a step back. One of the fundamental core thoughts about compassion is compassion is truly allowing all things to be. Mm. And when you think about that, it, it can it can sort of feel a little bit icky, allowing all things to be, allowing, you know, like, does that mean terrible things to be and all of those pieces? But really, it's, it's about, it's from the process of helping people. It's about understanding that it's their choice. It's their life. It's their journey. And so we can't help people if we try to force our desire for them to change. People change when they choose to change. No number of books are going to help you manifest until you actually make the decision to change how, your identity. So if you always talk about yourself as a poor person and I'm poor or a victim, I'm always a victim, until you make a decision to change how you think about yourself, how you act, what, what sort of identity you hold, nothing's going to change. You could read a thousand books, a million books. You can get all the gurus. Nothing changes until each of us decides to, that we are going to put ourselves first and we are going to change, you know, to improve ourselves. So in some cases, some people will die the same way and we can just, all we can do is just love them, right? Like, except that it's their choice and their decision in their life. If they're hurting us, choose to have compassion for ourselves enough to love them from a distance <laughs> and just say, you know what? I'm not going to hate on you. I'm just going to love you from a distance because I love myself enough not to expose myself to your behavior, your thoughts. And that's pretty much it. If they, if they choose to change, then they will. If not, they don't. Oh, yeah, there we go. All comes down to a choice. And yeah. um, if there is anything, what is typically the thing that like is, you know, people are like, finally, like, I'm going to make that choice for me. So that's interesting that you say that. Um, pr primarily, it tends to be suffering. So suffering is a gift. I think some people like because the, the universe is a loving universe, right? Like the, the source, whatever, like, and I, I don't really claim to know how this whole thing goes, but I know in my experience in my life, when I was suffering and when I I've not been suffering is that I got messages throughout my life, basically saying, you're suffering, you're suffering. You can change. You can choose to change. And I kept ignoring them. I was stuck in my head that I'm a victim or that this is. And so I was not in awareness. And sometimes the only way that we're going to get that attention is by hitting a wall, getting sick, having relationship breakups, getting fired from a job, all of those adversities that happen sometimes shake us to say, hey, you're suffering. You've reached a max of suffering. Are you going to continue or are you actually going to change? Because a lot of people think that actually changing is a lot of work. Oh, it's so much work to do meditation. It's so much work to love myself. It's so much work to do that. It's easier to do that. But then when the pain becomes so bad, you have no choice but to change. The pain of you staying the same is way higher than the pain of you changing. 
So some people learn that way until they choose not to learn that way. Sometimes you can learn through other people, through experiences, through joy, through different ways of growing. But I think primarily we have decided that we are we're going to choose suffering as our <laughs> big, uh, you know, as a big beacon of change. Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Giselle. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Com- like It's a very fun conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And if you guys are listening and you loved what Giselle had to say, you guys loved her energy, make sure to follow her, go subscribe to her newsletter, like, share, and subscribe to her podcast. And um, Giselle, where's the best way to reach you? Uh, yeah, for sure. If you go to our website, and I have to spell it out because it's hard to spell. It's www.maitricentre.com, which is Maitri Center. So there we have the connection to the to the uh, podcast and the um, YouTube channel. We also have a TikTok account, which, <laughs> which I never thought I would have a TikTok account, but I do. Nope. Um, and then we have a blog as well, and we can sign up to the newsletter to join our community. Sounds good. There we go. And all that will be in the show notes. As we always ask, guys, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.